red meat, hard to digest. Our enzymes just aren't designed like a lion and tiger. When they bite into red meat, it starts to digest. We bite into red meat. It does not digest in the mouth. We don't have the enzymes. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I am your host, Rosie Acosta, yoga teacher and teacher trainer, mindfulness coach, speaker, and creative writer. I am also the founder of radicallyloved.com, a website where you can go for more information about yoga, mindfulness, meditation, and lifestyle advice. On this podcast, we talk to people within our health and wellness community that are creating content through the ritualistic practice of yoga, meditation, or overall mindful living. We hope to create value in your life so that you can achieve your highest potential and live a radically loved life. To stay in touch with us, just follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rosie Acosta and on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie. You can sign up for our newsletter on radicallyloved.com to stay up to date on future workshops, retreats, and latest podcasts. Hey guys, most of you know that I have returned back to a plant-based diet, so my beverage consumption has increased quite quite a bit. Don't judge. I know there's some of you out there that really enjoy beverages. So one of my favorite things to drink lately, which I'm consuming a lot of, is Four Sigmatic's new Golden Latte Mushroom Mix. It has shiitake and turmeric in it. It's totally organic, caffeine-free, vegan, and only one gram of palm sugar per serving. I love being able to travel with these little packets because they're really easy to make. All you need is some hot water. Some of the additional ingredients in the golden latte are adaptogenic tulsi, warming ginger, and a pinch of black pepper to support turmeric skin-loving properties. So not only do your insides feel amazing, but your skin looks great. Go to Four Sigmatic now and enter promo code RADICALLYLOVED, that's R-A-D-I-C-A-L-L-Y, L-O-V-E-D to get 15% off of your entire purchase. Be sure to check out all the other products that they have there as well. Hey listeners, we need your support. Help us by subscribing and rating to this podcast. Send us a snapshot of your review or comment and we will send you a very special radically loved gift. Send your comment to info at radicallyloved.com. You can also click on the show notes here on this podcast for more information. If you want to be part of our community, please click the link to our private Facebook group on the show notes of this particular podcast so you can be the first to hear of upcoming trainings, retreats, and special Radically Loved events. Thanks so much for listening. There are so many different types of fads out there and so many people have different opinions and so much, so many different types of, of studies have been done on different things. And I just, I really loved how you broke it down in this book. I learned so much uh, about how people actually react to different things and, and things that people say should be avoided that you're like, maybe they shouldn't be avoided. And so I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank oh, you for being here. Oh, it's a pleasure being here. What I'd like to know is what, what happened or what inspired you to write this particular book? Uh, this book was uh, inspirational from the 18 years of frustration that I endured as a syndicated TV and radio health expert. 
I've interviewed literally hundreds of scientists, doctors, best-selling authors, and my goal was I wanted to share information with my audience so they can reach their optimal health. Unfortunately, that's not what happened. Instead, every guest would contradict the previous expert, leaving everybody, including me, more confused. You got the vegan, paleo-mediterranean to gluten-free, low-carb diet, and the opinions that are different as night and day. I remember, and you may too, because it was a good 20, 30-year reign where oatmeal helped balance blood sugar, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. Now what are we told? Avoid grains because they spike our blood sugar. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee, remember it used to be considered unhealthy. I remember yeah. where it was like the worst thing to eat. Today we're told it prevents disease and it actually adds years to your life. And oh, eggs used to cause high cholesterol. Now research shows they contain lecithin, which lowers cholesterol. So really after growing frustrated with all the conflicting opinions, I wrote Food Sanity. It breaks through all the facts, fads, and fiction and finally answers the big question, what are we supposed to be eating? Well, so what are we supposed to be eating? <laughs> well, exactly. That's the million-dollar question. What I you did know. is I, I broke down each food group, and we did the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I really researched if we're designed by our biology to eat that food, if it makes common sense, and is there unbiased science to back it up? And when I say unbiased, I'm spelling it B-U-Y-A-S-E-D, because so much science out there is bought and paid for, and you have to exclude that. So in all the references, if you saw in the back of the book, they're all unbiased, meaning that they're unpaid for, and that's so important. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's kind of part of the the information that we we don't, especially people that don't have a background or an education on nutrition. How are we supposed to discern what is going to work for us? And you know, I I I speak to the population out there that maybe listens to podcasts or reads books, and again is getting this contradicting information. I think about people like my in-laws, you know, who live in, you know, a rural part of Oregon, who they they watch the news, you know, and, and they're getting their information from the expert that's like, you know, take all the grains out. And then in the next segment, it's like how to put grains back into your <laughs> diet. And so they get really confused and, and they're believing everything that that people are saying because it's out in, in the in the media or it's getting promoted or it's like the fad right. the fad diet and so I guess I one of my questions that I have and it's not really going to be in order and I'm probably going to jump around so I apologize because I want to ask you <laughs> a lot of them how do fad diets even take flight like what happens like is it a product that comes out is it a certain study that happens like what have you learned. Well, it's interesting because one of the most common questions I I get asked is, you know, I want to lose weight. I want to be healthy. What diet works? And my answer to them is they all work, whether it's eating for your blood type or Atkins, Paleo, Zone, Keto, Nutrisystem, or Weight Watchers. If you follow the program, you're going to experience weight loss. Unfortunately, the results are usually temporary. Mm -hmm. And one of the main reasons why so many diets initially work is because they all do one thing. They have something in common. They change a person's routine. They have you eating different foods different ways at different times so whether that's eating great fruits on a great food fad diet or steak diet three times a day changing your portion sizes when you mix up your daily routine you're going to alter your metabolism change your blood glucose levels which in turn can lead to weight loss the key is keeping it off and 95 percent of all these fad diets in one year they gain it back and then some so it's very short 
short-lived. And the word diet comes from the Greek word diatia, which means way of living. See, that's the key mm. to achieving good health and permanent weight loss. So in my book, Food Sanity, I share how to get in touch with the true meaning of the word diet. It's your way of living. That doesn't just include any habits. That's important. Permanent weight loss and good health can be achieved by doing three things. Eating healthy, avoiding obesogens, which are chemicals that cause weight gain and sickness, and getting deep restorative sleep. That's the secret recipe. That's going to get permanent weight loss, and that's not a fad diet. That's common science meets common sense approach to getting healthy. Well, and so why is this not common knowledge? Like, why is this not something? Why are we getting the segments on this? Well, and, th and that's why I wrote the book. If, if <clears throat> you know, if, if I was just interviewing somebody and it's like, oh, I want to copy their book. That makes sense. I would have written the book. It's just there was so much missing. It's, and yeah. I think what it is is it's really truly – science and opinion. And science changes sometimes weekly, monthly, as we just explained. You can't trust science. Now, you know, uh, three weeks ago, coffee was causing cancer. Do you remember? And now yeah. what did they just announce last week? It increases, it increases the lifespan. Yeah. So in three yeah. weeks' time, it went from killing you to making you live longer. So what, what you do is you have to tap into your instincts. And mm. that's what I share in the book. Trust your gut. Don't just trust the media. I show you, does it make sense? What's your little antenna telling you? And then we tap into the biology. Were we designed to eat the food? That's not going to change. Our biology is the biology. But the news and the media and these fad diets and these great books like, oh, don't eat grain. Well, that's one book and it changed 30 years of science. You can't do that with one book for a fad diet. Yeah, no. And that's sort of the thing that I mean, for me growing up, I mean, I grew up on, you know, a very fat laden diet. You know, I was I was one of the 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 kids that we drank milk, you know, you drink milk to get your, your calcium. And I know, and I want to ask you about this too, but it's like, you know, we, we grow up thinking these certain things are going to help us. And I also grew up on the fast food diet, which is like, oh, this is easy and it's cheap. And we're just going to eat McDonald's for every other meal. And of course, like that, that ended up not being the most right. uh, c conducive thing for, for any of our health. So as far as, uh, dairy's concerned. I know that you have pretty, pretty strong opinions about, uh, milk. So I, I kind of wanted to get your take on that. Yeah. Well, you know, despite the decades of government and industry propaganda about the health benefits of dairy products, so much unbiased science proves cow's milk is not healthy for humans. And contrary to those milk mustache ads that promoted gives strong bones, it doesn't. In fact, research shows milk is a contributing factor to the cause of brittle bones. So you talk about opposite there. And what gets me, Rosie, is we're taught as children, if we want to grow up big and strong, we need to drink milk. Yet children that drink milk get more chronic ear infections, have more allergies, are more likely to be overweight and a greater risk of diabetes. So when I bring up don't drink milk, first thing my patients say, what? How are we going to get calcium, right? Yeah. That's the big thing. People drink milk for its calcium content for strong bones, but here's the key. Before milk goes to the grocery store, it's pasteurized, meaning it's exposed to extreme heat. That heat process is required to burn off the bacteria, which it does a great job of, but it renders a lot of the milk's calcium content insoluble. It's destroyed during the manufacturing process. So what if raw, unpasteurized milk was available? Still, it wouldn't give you enough magnesium needed for your body to absorb the calcium into the bone. See, we need a one-to-one -one ratio, calcium-magnesium. Cow's milk is nine to one, 90% calcium, only 10% magnesium. Guess where you can get a one-to-one -one ratio for bone building? The same place cows get their strong bones, plants. The same place gorillas get their strong bones, plants. So what's the biggest animal in the world? 
elephants, pretty strong bones, wouldn't you think? Yeah. They don't drink milk. Where do they get their strong bones from? Plants. Ah. So we as humans can get plenty of calcium from spinach, uh, uh, sesame seeds, summer squash, almonds. They're all one-to-one, perfect bone-building calcium-to-magnesium ratio. So rule that out. And the last thing I want to share is if um, – People say, well, what about the protein? I need protein, right? Yeah. So it's calcium and protein. The reason why cow's milk is bad for us is the protein. It's called casein, and casein from cow's milk is also used to make glue to hold together wood. Think of the cow logo on Elmer's glue. It's also a polymer used to make plastic. So if you were to swallow glue, your body would consider it an invasion and attack it. When you ingest casein, a glue-like substance in that milk, your body attacks it and produces histamines, which causes mucus production. I mean, it can lead to everything, bronchitis, allergies, asthma, sinus, ear infections, irritable bowel syndrome. The list goes on and on. In fact, numerous studies, including data from the World Health Organization, have also linked consumption of casein with increased heart disease, high cholesterol, and type 1 diabetes. Who needs that? Nobody. You don't get any of those side effects from almond milk or cashew yeah. milk. <clears throat> you know, you, you got these other alternatives that you can drink, you know, rice milk. There's so many alternatives where you don't have to have cow's milk for your cereal. Well, and so would that, uh, would that apply to yogurt as well? I would imagine so. Right? Yeah, same with yogurt because that is that is a uh, – and, you know, I, I have yogurt all the time, but it's almond yogurt or it's ca- cashew milk yogurt. Yeah. It's delicious. It's yogurt. You don't know the difference, but you're not getting that casein. Yeah. And wh- that's the big thing. What about like coconut milk and coconut yogurt? Yeah, excellent. Coconut milk is excellent for you. There's just so many great alternatives, which, you know, five, ten years ago, all we had was soy milk. That's not a good alternative. Yeah, tell us why. Oh. I was just talking <clears throat> about this to someone. Yeah, well, soy has uh, estrogen properties, and it actually increases your estrogen. So when children drink soy milk or have soy, it's equivalent of taking five birth control pills. So it literally alters the the chemistry and the hormones. Plus, it's got these uh, 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 chemicals that actually wreak havoc on our thyroid gland. And soy was originally used as an industrial product. In fact, it was patented by Ford. The original cars were called the soy automobile because the soy oil was used to paint and the brake fluid and so forth. And then they had all this oh left God. over. They said, what are you going to do with this junk? Well, let's feed it to the pigs. And the pigs started dying. And they started saying, well, we have a process that we can get it to humans. So soy is definitely not good. There's so much research out there now. Soy is okay in Asia because they ferment it. That's properly processed. That removes these these negative properties of soy. So in America, we're in such a hurry, they don't ferment it. So if you go with fermented soy like they do in Asia, in Asia, they only use it as a condiment. It's just a side dish. In America, we eat soy. It's in our bread. It's in our chips. It's in our, our veg. It's in our burgers, you know, yeah. soy burgers. So we're not supposed to eat soy. It's supposed to be a little side side dish. Well, I feel like this is kind of the, the whole conversation about portion sizes as well, you know, because I feel like, especially here in, in the States, we, we have a very skewed idea of what portion of, of what the right portion size is for, for a meal, because, you know, we have like restaurants with like claim jumpers or like, you know, restaurants that send you or give you this humongous portion of like a piece of meat. That's probably not the greatest thing for you, you know? So can you speak to what the proper portions are, if there are any? 
Yeah, for for portion size, <clears throat> you want to go with an eighty percent plant based diet, twenty percent animal. And of course, there's certain animals good. I'm not a big fan of the beef or the milk, but we can explore other other animal foods that are good. But really, it should be primarily plant based. And research shows people that live the longest. In my book, I research people 100 years old, 105, 115, 120 years old, still hiking, running, having sex without the blue pill. Yes, it is possible. <laughs> but their diet is 80 to 90% plant-based with a little bit of animal pro product, very, very little red meat, if any. They're primarily chicken and they're organic uh, they're, or fish or, ch or, um, or chicken is, is the big two that they that they primarily eat. So that's the big thing. So I live by a flexitarian diet, which is the true diet of our ancestors. And in the book, I research and show that cavemen were not the big beef eaters that we believe. Science shows us they were primarily the flexitarian diet. They primarily ate plant foods and very little, if any, of the wild-caught animal because animals were very hard to catch. Cavemen were five feet tall and 171 pounds. That's their size. I know you want to believe that they were big, strong like they have in the movies. Who <laughs> created, you know who created that image? Who? The cattle industry said, let's make cavemen like superheroes. So men want to be like them and female go all when they see this. But the truth is they were little oompas. <laughs> so if you <gasps> hand a five-foot, 171-pound man a spear and say, all right, go hunt a lion, tiger, and bear, oh my. Do you think he had the speed, the agility, and the endurance to go out and catch a wild beast? No. Wow. The reason they had weapons, and I proved this in my book, was they were the hunt head not the hunters they held those for for a self-defense so basically i eat like the real cavemen do not like this fad diet cavemen and science has proven they ate grains they ate gluten three and a half million years ago yes they found gluten in teeth so all these paleo people saying oh stay away from gluten stay away from grains we we didn't eat those as ancestors wrong science proves we did oh my I, I can't, you're like literally blowing my mind right now. I had no idea. That's so crazy because we get these images of what bodies are supposed to look like or what our, our physical agility is supposed to be like. And we're just, we're so off the, we're so off the marker. We're so off. Yeah. I know. And I believed it too because I've heard it. Heard, you know, interesting, the paleo diet advocates, they say we should eat like a caveman ancestors, yet our closest living relatives are chimpanzees. In fact, there's only a 1.6% difference between chimp DNA and ours. We both have fingers, thumbs, fingernails, a similar reproductive system. Its gestation is like nine months. 32 teeth. We're the only species able to use tools. We're pretty close. Chimpanzees diet, ready, is 90 to 95% plant-based with the remaining small percentage being insects, eggs, and baby animals. They will eat meat, but only if they're left with no other choice. So having said that, why aren't there diet books out there telling us we should eat like a chimp instead of a caveman? I have no idea. Wow, that's like <laughs> so crazy. I'm just like, whoa. A quick message from our sponsor. If you're looking for a nutrient system that truly embraces and complements the mind-body balance in a holistic, nurturing way, then wellness kits from Uveda are your natural answer. They're created with the help of naturopathic and Ayurvedic practitioners committed to the healing traditions mantra of purity and harmony. These top quality ingredients are hand-picked and refined in a way that preserves utmost quality and potency. Discover a wide range of formulas that deliver essential fatty acids, herbs, probiotic strains, and enzymes to help support your health and wellness needs. Whether you're looking for a natural detox support, a gentle digestive aid, 
soothing probiotics, or a formula dense in vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants, you can be assured you're getting only the best natural healing remedies for your body. Go to uveda.com, that's Y-O-U-V-E-D-A.com, and enter the promo code ROSIE, R-O-S-I-E, for a special discount on your first purchase. You know, it's funny. Well, you mentioned the the thing about pork earlier, and I loved reading about that, how you said uh, that pigs don't sweat. So, and how if a snake bites a pig, the snake is more likely to die. Um, so just, just talking about all of this, w- what is the significance and, and how does that apply to our diet? Well, you know, it's interesting because people always say, oh, I was sweating like a pig. I worked so hard. Well, that's couldn't be further from the truth because pigs don't sweat. <laughs> And what that does is that leads to toxins remaining inside their body and ultimately ingested by humans that eat them. In fact, some pig's outer fat layer is so thick and filled with toxins, if a rattlesnake bites a pig, the snake is more likely to die than the pig. So I'm not a fan of eating pork, but if it's something you choose to eat, go for the leanest, less fattening, and healthiest option, which is the pork loin. The center portion sold is the center loin is the best option, with the second choice being the tenderloin. And make sure it's grass-fed or free-range. If you're a ham eater and you love ham, yes, that's part that's near the fat. In my book, it's not all or nothing. If you absolutely love ham and that's what you choose to eat, prior to baking your ham, make linear slices on the meat and place it on a meat rack to allow that excess fat to drip away. Just stay away from the fat. And stay away, by the way, from smoked pork because manufacturers use an artificial flavoring called liquid smoke, which may cause adverse health effects on the liver and kidneys. So stay away from smoked pork. It's fake. It's not really smoked. Oh my goodness. I'm so, I'm kind of like really excited that I'm learning about all this stuff, but I'm also a little bit freaked out (laughs) (laughs) by all the stuff that's in our food. I mean, we don't, unless you're actually interested or curious, or if you're a parent and you're really involved in finding out where and, and how your food is being made, then, you know, how do people know or learn about this? Again, it's like not something we learn in school. You know, I didn't learn this stuff in school. Well, here's what's interesting is, you know, people say, you know, we talked about eat like a gorilla, which is, you know, the vegans say, and eat like a caveman with the paleo diet say. And I say eat like your great grandparents, because as you just mentioned, all the things we have to know now, they didn't care about and didn't need to know. Everything was organic back then. There was no chemicals or these obesogens, which are chemicals that make you fat. There was no, or uh, antibiotics, there was no growth hormones. There was no, no Monsanto. There was no Roundup. There was nothing to worry about then. So they ate cleaner and they didn't have to be detectives. We have to be detectives. We can't trust the label. We can't trust that the FDA is looking over our shoulder and you know taking care of us. Even our drinking water. We got to be super careful. There's all kinds of junk in the drinking water. And people say, "Oh, the city's protecting me. I don't have to worry about it." Folks, you do. You got to worry about it. You got to look in the mirror. That's your police officer. You. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. The whole drinking water bit, you know, because we, we. I mean, that's something that it's it's. We all need it. You know, we, we can't survive very, very long without drinking water. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? Like, do we need to get a filtration system? Is there is there a process that you do or are you just constantly filtering yeah. your water? Like, what, do you boil it? What? How, how do you care for your water consumption? Well, I'll tell you, I live in Wilmington, North Carolina, and I don't know if you've heard the news, but uh, DuPont poured a 
bunch of chemicals in our water and my town is sick. They're getting cancer. They're getting autoimmune disease. They're sicker than I've ever seen them. And it's, it's because of the water. I had my water tested. There are 12 carcinogens in my water, 12 above and beyond the quote allowable limit. There is allowable limit folks that you can have all these PFOAs and BPAs and these toxins and there's just junk in there. And it's, it's, it's scary. So the key is for if you, you may have it in your water as well, because it's not protected. You'd think the city would filter these out or care about it. And people are dying in my city because of this. But what you want to do is you want to get a reverse osmosis system that has at least four processes. I prefer five with the UV because that is a great system that will remove the majority of these chemicals. Now, people say, well, reverse osmosis gets rid of the minerals. We need minerals from water. Folks, would you rather get minerals in your water and die from cancer from the chemicals or get your minerals from food? (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about the minerals. Let your clean water get yourself, you know, hydrated with good water. But yeah, it's awful. Water, it's it's is pieces of toilet paper that have been found that filter back through in people's t- uh, t- uh, tap water. I mean, it, it there's nasty stuff in the water. Well, it's like so. What can somebody do a- as a process? Does the boiling water even help anymore? No, there's makes just... it worse. Makes all those chemicals. See, their chemicals actually increase when you heat them. It's a chemical reaction. So heating may destroy bacteria, but not these PFOAs and these chemicals. This biosphenol A stuff like that actually flourishes when you heat it. It gets worse. That's the stuff that's in your. Um, plastic water bottles yeah and what do they tell you never put that out in the water don't leave that in your car because the heat brings those plastic uh chemicals in the water you drink it it's caused cancer it's the worst thing for you it's an obesogen it causes obesity as well so to answer your question no heating doesn't do it it makes it worse now if you're in an area that has bacteria contamination and they make the announcement you got to boil your water and you don't have no other option you've got no choice but reverse osmosis is the best way to get a filter it definitely gets these chemicals out of there not just the bacteria and fire viruses fungus all that that's important but these chemicals are are, they're they're life-threatening what do you say to people that that think that eating a plant-based diet or eating eating in this way is, is now just going to be another fad diet? I don't think it's a fad diet because, uh, you know, people have been eating plant-based diets in cultures around the world called the Blue Zones. And these are the folks that live to be over 100. And they're primarily plant-based. So what's interesting is this. The paleo people, the keto people, you know, they're all beef, beefy, fat, bacon. And beef. But you know <laughs> totally. what? All of them agree that vegetables and fruits are good for us. So we, we got that common agreement. And then the, the plant-based Folks agree that as well. So they both agree that plants are good, but they both don't agree that the, the beef's good. Yeah. <laughs> so the consensus wins. <laughs> yeah, I, I would definitely agree. I actually was just talking to one of my friends because I recently just returned. I, I was a vegan for, for years, and then I started to uh, incorporate, uh, you know, some, you know, uh, hormone-free organic chicken breast occasionally, and then... Um, I just started to incorporate it a little bit more eggs. And then now I, I went back to eating mostly plant-based and she was saying how for her, anytime she's gone, uh, full vegan that she, she has, she turns malnourished that she gets anemia and she doesn't get enough nutrition. Do you think that's real? Or do you think that maybe she's just not having enough of all of the vitamins or enough of the right green 
vegetables. I, I think it's tougher for vegans. Uh, again, I've tried the vegan route, and again, the same way. It's just I didn't. Your body kind of speaks to you. Yeah. And my body felt fatigued. It did have that lack of protein. So now I get that from wild caught fish, mm -hmm. organic chicken eggs. Again, that's not my big part of my diet. Mostly it is plant-based, but you do need that occasional animal food. You, do, you don't need pork. You don't need beef. You don't need milk. And, you know, one of the interesting things that I'll share about beef that that's just so, you know, the consensus is out. Beef is linked to colon cancer. I mean, Harvard, wow. John Hopkins, Mayo Clinic, you name it, the American Cancer Society. Everybody's in agreement that Eating red meat has been linked to an increase in colon cancer. There's no refuting that. It's even just today there's headlines out there in the news, but we didn't know why. We knew cigarettes caused cancer, but there was a time we didn't know why. And then they said, oh, it's the nicotine. Well, <laughs> we found out the reason people that eat beef get more cancer is four years ago, the National Academy of Sciences shared a major discovery. They found a unique molecule called NEU5GC, which is found in abundance in cows, but it's not found in humans and when we eat this molecule to sugar it triggers an immune response that our body attacks this leads to chronic inflammation which has been linked to colon cancer among all victims of cancer colon cancer is the second leading cause of death so the more red meat you, you have the more you're ingesting that molecule and the more you're going to have a chance of colon cancer. And interesting, and, and it's in my book, and no one's writing about this. It's like it's such a secret, which is this, this because the cattle industry is so powerful. But yeah. there's also at uh, NEU5, uh, uh, to say the NU5AC is also in our body. And this is a molecule that lines our blood vessels. We share this molecule with chickens and fish so we can eat these foods with no inflammatory reaction. But when we eat red meat, our immune system can't tell the difference. So our body ends up attacking our own blood vessels. So the NEU5AC is one molecule different than the NEU5GC from cows. So that's why explains really where the research showing red meat's been linked to heart disease for that same molecule, so we know why. So there's science now backing up the reason for it. It's just not healthy, and you know, people hearing this, and oh, I'm you know, on these paleo shows and they hate it, but you know, eat beef if you want, but just do it occasionally. Don't be the person who thinks you need it three times a day oh, to be yeah. healthy and lose weight. Well, that's sort of the thing that one of my friends that does paleo, and for me, I'm like, oh, I couldn't do all, I couldn't, I couldn't even, I don't think my body could physically process all the meat that is required or part of, you know, their, their system or whatever, but you know, he's eating beef three times a day. And oh. I'm just like, I, I just breakfast, lunch and dinner. And, and I just don't, I don't know. I'm so happy that you're saying, cause he's going to listen to us. <laughs> like right. he's going to listen to this. And I just don't, what would you say to, to that, that person? What do you say to my friend? Well, the, the big thing, you know, we talked a little bit about the science, but yeah. just think about this. Red meat's hard to digest. You know, humans, we have we have longer intestinal tracts compared to carnivores, and the remnants of red meat cling to the colon, leading to putrefaction, which can turn into ammonia and a, and a waste product called uric acid. This acid can destroy the intestinal flora of the small intestines, and when uric acid remains stagnant in the colon for too long, it gets absorbed into the bloodstream, which can contribute to arthritis, hypertension, increased risk for type 2 diabetes, it has a name. It's called leaky gut syndrome. Now, compared to other animal foods, red meat is the most difficult to digest. Fish takes 30 minutes to digest, chicken 90 minutes, and red meat, ready for this? 
up to five hours. And if you don't get enough fiber, it can cling to the intestinal walls for weeks undigested. So carnivores, they have short, smooth-shaped colon, so they don't need fiber. And the other thing is, do you know the number one reason why people get the Heimlich maneuver in America? Wow. Choking on a piece of undigested red meat that's gotten stuck on the way down the esophagus. Not chicken, not fish, red meat. Hard to digest. Our enzymes just aren't designed like a lion and tiger. When they bite into red meat, it starts to digest. We bite into red meat. It does not digest in the mouth. We don't have the enzymes. So common sense. Google it, folks. Heimlich maneuver, choking. It must not be good for us. <laughs> yeah. So and and just to kind of tag on to this, um, there. What is your feeling on? Oh, I already know what your feeling is. <laughs> Maybe I just want you to speak to it because uh, I know there's particular people that are listening to this particular podcast. Right. How do you feel about prepackaged meals and reheated foods in the microwave? Again, with the microwave, I think it's a way of it's the way of our culture, so you're not going to go away from the microwave. But the big thing about microwave is, is you want to stay away from the plastic containers that have BPA, mm -hmm. and that's a synthetic estrogen primarily used to harden plastics. It's been shown to cause weight gain, insulin resistance, even linked to cancer. And it's found in these food and beverage containers and canned foods and bottle tops. And when you throw that in the microwave, and a lot of times it's in the packaged foods you get. So you don't know. So if you're going to microwave, take it out of anything plastic, put it in glass or ceramic, don't even the saran wrap on top. Just stay away from that, and you're better off. So the prepackaged, that's that's here. You know, people are busy. So hey, I'm okay with it. Just make sure it's good and it's it's clean food. But it's really, the packaging is sometimes worse for you than the than the processed food. And there's research showing that there's something called PFOA. It's just called a perfluorooctanoic acid. And Harvard did a study and found. Obese people have more PFOAs than thin people. So they've actually linked this chemical that's in plastics to a big major cause of obesity. That's why no matter what diet you try, it works initially and you gain it right back. Obesogens, which is the most talked about part of my book, I'm interviewed more about obesogens because of these studies showing this is why people can't lose weight. No matter what kind of diet they go on, what exercise program they do, it gains it back. It's these chemicals that make you fat. And one of them is... PFOA and the BPA and phthalates, they're all plastics and they are inside these chemical uh, packaging that you're talking about. So stay away from the plastics and you're better off if you're going to do packaging foods. Oh my goodness. Again, it's like I love that you're giving us all of this knowledge and information, but then there's a little part of me that's having a little bit of a panic attack, like I need to go and clean everything out of my kitchen. Well, you do, but but you could just play detective. For example, is all plastic bad to drink from? No. If you look on the back of your uh, bottle, like a, like a, like I've got a one right here, look on the bottom. If it has a recycling code three or seven, stay away. It's got phthalates and BPA. Mm. Instead, you want to look for plastic with the recycle codes one, two, or five. Then it's okay. So same thing with the microwave. If you see three or seven on the bottom, don't put it in there. I don't put any plastic in there. I think some of it can leach in there, but <clears throat> play it safe. If you see three or seven, throw it away. Don't even eat from them. They're toxic. They get into your bloodstream. They've been linked. Uh, I'm telling you, it is the absolute reason people can't lose weight. It's these obesogens, these chemicals, not in your food, but around your food, sometimes what you cook your food on and what you store your food in. These are what's causing obesity. Wow. Oh, 
Oh my goodness, David, thank you so much for all of the work you've done in researching all of these incredible topics and for proving to us that we still have complete control over our health and we can still change things that we don't, uh, we can change things that aren't keeping us healthy. Um, and thank you for shattering all the food myths in this incredible book. Uh, I'm so excited for everybody listening to, to get this. Um, is there anything else that you want to share with us? No, I think the big thing is, is if, if the takeaway for this is just be your own detective. You know, the day of trusting our packaging and trusting Big Brother's looking out for us is, is over. So many people are getting sick. They're dying. They're, they're overweight. And they just are confused. They don't know what to do. And in my book, I just kind of show you it's easy. It's, it's, you know, it's not rocket science. It's simple. Common science meets common sense. Tap into the two and you know what to eat and you'll live a long, healthy life and you will lose that excess weight that you want to get rid of. Oh, thank you so much. For the people listening, uh, I will be giving away 10 copies of uh, David's book, which I don't think you knew that, David. But, no. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to be giving away 10 copies of this. And the way to uh, get these books sent to you is if you're listening to this particular podcast, David on there, and you will have a chance to win and get this book, which is incredible. If not, uh, where can people go for more information? Yeah, to get more information about the book, you can go to foodsanity.com. And for more information about me, some of my videos, articles, and to follow me on social media, you can find that information at drdavidfriedman.com. Yay, Dave. I wish I had a clap track or something. Do you have one? I'm like, can we, can we <laughs> the put The problem it? is the, la the clap tracker that they sell is from dead people, so I don't want ghosts cheering me on. Oh, I know. That's a little freaky. They're recordings freaky. from like old people that have died. I'm like, ew, that's scary. Oh, my goodness. On the next segment, we'll be talking about the ghosts of Clapper's past. <laughs> <laughs> David, thank you so much for being on the show. We hope to have you again. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. Do you want to go on an epic yoga adventure? I do. In fact, I, I, I do all the time. <laughs> when, when do I not want to go on an epic yoga adventure? And this fall, in an attempt to see the Northern Lights, we will go to Iceland into a journey through the chakras. It's gonna be fun. If you're curious, you can email me at rosie at radicallyloved.com or go to the show notes and click the links to each of the retreats or you can go to radicallyloved.com. See you soon. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.